once again showing his versatility. I think we have five number ones. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Put $22 million for Brian Dobak. Give me a break. And, and, and Redmond has been thrown out of the ballgame. NFL tight end, you know, those playing years are dog years. Maybe it's adamantium. Maybe it's some vibranium. Maybe it's, maybe it's something really cool I don't even know about yet. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the 300s Podcast. My name is Red, and as always, I will be your host. And today, we're sitting here with Joey B. How's it going, Joe? Not bad. How are you? I've had better days. We just got off the links, and it might be our worst day ever. I don't know how to feel about that. Pretty horrific. Uh, for two sub subpar golfers, we played subpar for subpar. Um, we embarrassed ourselves. We embarrassed our families. We embarrassed the golf course. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, it's one of those sports where, for whatever reason, you just kind of expect to play well, even though you play maybe once a month if you're lucky. And we go out there, and you know, you hit about two hundred balls, and you say, "What the fuck are we so bad?" Like, "Oh, I haven't played in six weeks." Yeah, you definitely get up to the first tee box, and you say to yourself, "This feels good. This feels right." And then you barely hit the ball. You you stroke it right into the woods, and the people you're playing with look at you like you're a retard, and you just hate your life. It's one of the few sports where having a six-pack before noon actually improves your performance. At least improves the way you feel about it, yeah. That's really all that matters. We're out there to have fun. Yeah. We're not trying to make the tour. No. Yeah, all right, so let's get into uh, some of the topics we're going to talk about today. One of them, uh, our boy Tom Brady was on the Oprah Winfrey show, whatever, whatever the O Network show is these days, and was talking about his life with the Patriots, his Tony Robbins gig, TV12, all that. And I, I, you know, I can't hide the sneaking suspicion that Oprah's trying to fucking submarine the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it's well documented, my feel- my feelings about Oprah, where she's pretty <laughs> much, uh, anyone could have been Oprah when Oprah became Oprah, and she's just kind of a, a talking head, kind of a puppet. But uh, when it comes to what Brady said, it's pretty clear now, I think he's realizing that uh, he can't play forever, he can't have the success he has forever. Uh, at some point, even as he continues to play well, the Patriots around him aren't going to. And I think he finally realizes that maybe him playing to 45 and still winning titles just might not happen. Yeah, just to tee up that quote of what what egged that on, uh, Oprah was asking him when he when he thinks he'll play to, and Brady said to Oprah, "quote I think about it more now than I used to. I think I'm I'm think I'm seeing there's definitely an end coming sooner rather than later, and that is frightening. This is a guy that watching Tom vs. Time, his little mini docu series where this is a guy talking about." I'm willing to give up my life, are you? He was going to play till his mid-40s. You know, he's, he's 40 now. He's going to turn 41. He's going to play to his mid-40s. He's going to play as long as he possibly can. He's going to play into, you know, late into his 40s. He was he's a guy. I think he's mentioned 45 a couple yeah. of times. 45 seemed like the number he was he was going towards, yep. which would be would be unprecedented. I mean, uh, Brett Favre played until, until he's 42. Warren yep. Moon played until I think he was 41 yep. or 42. But Warner. now, Kurt Warner. Kurt late Warner, in his late Kurt, Warner Kurt, Kurt Warner played late. No one's played this late this well yep. uh, as Tom Brady. But now he's got the – they obviously lose the Super Bowl. He gets kind of into a scuffle, whether it's real or imagined or what. There's a lot of smoke going on with Bill Belichick and the Patriots, a lot of bullshit going on. And now all of a sudden he's saying, eh, I think it's sooner than later. Like, well, why the fuck did we trade away our 25-year-old future quarterback if the end's sooner than later? And, and the real shame here is that it's all that pliability going to waste. I mean, he's been working on his pliability for <laughs> years now. He's, he's, from what I've been told, extremely pliable. Um, he's quite pliable. Most pliable guy I've ever heard maybe, of. Maybe the most pliable guy ever. And uh, it might all go to waste because he might retire over the next couple of years. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know what you think. Obviously, TV12 is his next business, and this is something that he's setting up to be something he's going to be doing for the next 20, 30, 40 years. He wants to franchise it. He talks about it. They've been clips that they've been playing. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but clips I heard on the radio of his interview with Oprah talking about how he, he likes to think of himself as a spiritual being, and he thinks he's got a higher purpose, and it sounds all very, very close to Scientology, which kind of scares me. And with all that being said, he obviously thinks TB12, pliability, all that shit, drinking lots and lots of water, uh, as unique Himalayan as that sounds. Yeah, pink salt. Yep. All that sounds to be a lot more important to him than playing, than playing football and winning yep. Super Bowls. So now I'm concerned that he could retire at any moment, and you wouldn't really have to be surprised by it. No, not at all. I, I you know, I, I blame that weird ass Alex Guerrero. Um, I don't know what kind of hold he has over Brady or why. I think it's uh, dollar signs more than anything else. We've we've seen a lot of people kind of fall under some sort of spell under the guise of just making money. So um, unfortunately, I think you know if, if someone promises Brady dollars and dollars and dollars after he, he retires and becomes more of a uh, sports nutritionist guru, cult leader um, type of guy. Um, you know, as long as he doesn't start branding chicks, I think you know that's that's his next step. That's a scary thing. I don't even think it's about money. He literally thinks he's not even Tony Robbins. He's helping like Tony Robbins is self help. Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero think they're setting up people to be better physically, live longer, be more pliable, be more hydrated. Well, they've also uh, they've already hooked uh, Tommy Curran. Yeah. Not only does Tommy Curran went, he went to Alex Guerrero. He brings his kids there. Yeah, which is just very creepy, very odd that you're bringing your ten year old son to some professional sports trainer for a hockey injury. I mean, when you're that age, you break your arm, you let the air get at it, rub some dirt on it, it heals. There's no need to be going to Alex Guerrero when you're ten years old. So the fact that they're now starting to go that route, it, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, and we touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but just kind of talking about the media on media crime that's going on in Boston. Tommy Curran, he's a little. Uh, you know, he's got a little bit of a conflict of interest having been a client of Alex Guerrero. And in the past, I would say, ah, well, you know, he went there, he did a story, whatever. But the more I heard about it, he's actual client. It's his kid's a client, like you said. And listening to clips, you know, him and Shaughnessy called into the night show in 98.5 to basically argue with each other. And Tommy Kearns talking about Alex Guerrero saying, oh, he's a fucking genius. So, uh, like... If you're, if you're on the program and it works for you, I understand that, but you also can't be reporting on it, fighting back against other guys, saying they're biased. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially in these kinds of arguments, the difference between a client and a believer, where Tom E. Curran isn't a client so much as, you know, um, an eye doctor or, um, you know, somewhere you go to get your car fixed. He's a believer. He worships at the cult of Alice Guerrero, and that's where it gets creepy and really kind of over the line in terms of being an unbiased member of the media yeah and then not to go down too much of the tb12 rabbit hole because you know we could talk about this on every podcast ever for the next are rabbit holes like rabbit holes are they similar <laughs> things it's the same thing you go yeah. down there you get jack russell terry pull them mm-hmm. out but with tb12 last week there was the whole julian edelman situation where he tested positive for a, a substance Correct. that they're still trying to figure out exactly what it, what it was but the biggest thing was Julian Edelman was a client of TB12, so he now, he uh, put out his his statement saying, uh, you know, I don't know what happened. I tested positive. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know what was going on. Literally, like moments later, Alex Guerrero's coming out saying, wasn't us. TB12 had nothing to do yep. with this. TB12 is illegal. We're doing shit the right way. Yep. So for Alex Guerrero and Tom Brady, are they? <laughs> people are asking whether it's fair or not. 
are they running just a PED factory out there? I mean, I don't think so because I think if you're Tom Brady and you want to be the next Tony Robbins, you want to be a guy who's setting up his next business for the 50 years, you can't fucking risk that. You can't even no. pretend to be near anything even remotely unethical or, or banned by the NFL. Well, even to go beyond that, um, clearly uh, Alex Guerrero TB, and TB12 aren't the people you want with you in a foxhole. I mean, they could not oh, be yeah. quicker to throw Edelman under the bus and say this is something he did by himself. And that's Brady's point, too. When really, yeah, and when really, um, technically speaking, he hasn't even been uh, found guilty of anything in a court of NFL law or whatever you want to call it. So that was, for me, the big thing was that they were so quick to distance themselves from one of their bigger clients. Um, but in terms of a running a PED factory, uh, I don't know. He you has, never he know. Has a, he has He's a, got a shady past. He has a fake degree in Eastern medicine. Uh, he called himself for a doctor for a number of years when he, in fact, is not a doctor. Um, it's some weird He sold cancer cures. He sold, he yep. sold concussion it's, prevention water. So I don't think they're... Water. I don't People think, forget Tom Brady did that. Um, I don't think they're running that, that, type of, that type of factor, that type of situation. But you can't rule it out. You never know. So it's like it's very fair to ask those questions. It's very fair. It's some weird uh, in-between Scientology and Catch Me If You Can. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're up to. Coffins will get you a long way in this world, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> now, I know you're not a big fan of it, but we're going to talk about it. Soccer in the World Cup. Now started our, started just this the other day. Yep. Today is a big day for World Cup. There's about yep. five games going on. So if you like soccer, you're gonna get drunk on soccer today. Now I know you had a uh, you know some grind your gears a little bit. You wanted to talk about World Cup. Yeah, I mean, so the question is, if you follow the World Cup, are you un-American? Uh, my position is yes. Um, soccer is a game played outside the United States by lesser men and lesser women. They still play here. Uh, barely. Um, there's a reason why our best athletes don't play it, hence why we don't win any championships, because let's face it, if our best athletes played soccer, we'd win everything. Like, we win everything. I else. was having that debate at the bar the other day. Imagine if we had the Kobe Bryant's, LeBron James's, Kevin Durant's Fun fact, you know what they say would have been the best U.S. soccer player ever was uh, AI. He would be a great because he wasn't. Player. He wasn't Because Durant, I mean, he's too he's tall. too tall, yeah. AI was 6'1", 215, solid as a rock, that lateral movement. He'd be a phenomenal soccer player. A fantastic soccer player. But he had these things called testicles. So he played, <laughs> a, he played a man's sport, um, um, a man's game. And, uh, yeah, you guys playing long-distance ping-pong, knock yourselves out. So I'll be not watching it for the next, I don't know, what is it, how long does it go? It goes about a month. Like 10 years? Yeah. All right. The thing with soccer that is interesting, obviously it's cultural. It's huge in Europe, Spain, England, particularly France. Now, Latin America, Australia. Yeah, so it's huge in those countries. But the, the one thing that Portugal, I, I think Russia. about, yes, you're naming every country so, in the world yeah. besides besides the United States. I get that. Now, obviously, in the United States, the biggest sports are basketball, football, baseball, mm-hmm. hockey, and also those are the sports you make the money in. Mm-hmm. Now, in Spain, England, France, where you're going to make the money, it's soccer. If that was the sport here, if you were you know, a kid growing up in the inner city and you looked and you saw, all right, if I could develop a good shot from the corner and you know, I have a good penalty kick, that's the way I'm going to make $20 million a year, not necessarily playing in the NBA, that could be a whole different world. So obviously the MLS is never going to be there, despite what soccer fans will tell you. MLS is never going to get there in this country. I wonder, you know, one, if we put our best athletes there, we would just rip off World Cups after World Cup. Like We're the biggest country. We have the most people. We're bound to have some of the best athletes in the world. Yeah, no one gets hit in soccer, so it's boring. Um, they act like it. They act like it. They act like this. But they do the same thing in the NBA, though. Yeah, NBA still has contact, though. There's still... Uh, but, yeah, you, you definitely said it right. They're definitely... Uh, it's not an American sport, so our best athletes don't play it, and that's why our best athletes make more money in other sports. Um, 
I wouldn't be shocked in the end, even though England has a similar climate to us. I wouldn't be shocked. It's also a climate thing. Obviously, it's harder to play a game like soccer year-round. Yeah, you, you can't know? play soccer in New England, England. Even though we have bubbles and that kind of thing. Yeah, same thing why New England doesn't uh, produce as many... Um, baseball players. Baseball players, football players, anything like that. Like, historically, New England's the best for hockey. We have it's cold. It's better. cold nine months of the year. Yeah, we just... Uh, yeah, not a greatly athletic place. We can drink a lot. We can uh, yell at people. And that's about it. A lot um, of comedians come out of New England. A lot of comedians. Billy Burr. Billy, Billy Red Balls. Um, Billy Red Balls comes out of New England. Can't Massachusetts. Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, the whole soccer thing's uh, awful. Um, I think more and more people are following it because it's the cool thing to do now. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's an event that comes every four years. It's like the thing to do. It's like the Olympics. I will tell you, I don't follow soccer that well. I'll watch a little English Premier League. I'll watch a little Chelsea games. Did you just compare? You just compare the World Cup to the Olympics. It's the same thing. It's every four years. It's it's, it's no. It's, Keep going. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, yeah. It's every four years. What do you like? What's it's the difference? Not even close. How is it different? It's the Olympics is. Gigantically more important than the World Cup of Soccer. I mean, you say that the Olympics are maybe more important to certain countries, but the World Cup, soccer is the biggest sport in the world by far. So that's <sighs> what, what's the biggest sport in the world in the, the context world, of the world. Overall, what's the biggest um, sport? I would pick either. An argument could be definitely made if you pick like pure population, not uh, basketball. Basketball is a good argument. Asia, uh, Spain. Yeah, uh, you got the FIBA World Cup. Yeah. That's a that's a huge, huge. I'd probably pick basketball. No, I don't know the numbers. I think soccer. I think there's more countries with more total people that play it. So I think that's why it's going to be the most popular game in the world. But basketball is definitely one of the sports where every country in the world or every superpower country in the world is uh, you know going to be more competitive with it. And it breaks down to economics too. I mean, the re- reason why soccer is such a, a big play. Uh, a big sport in the rest of the world, especially in countries without that good of a GDP, is that all you need is a ball. That's really true, yeah. hockey, hockey costs, I remember my parents be, be, uh, barely being able to afford to play hockey because it's so expensive in terms of equipment, etc., etc., mm-hmm. rent time, etc. Um, soccer, all you need is a ball and, and a couple posts and say, hey, that's a goal. Yeah. Uh, same thing with basketball. Same thing with basketball, yeah. Hang up a hoop and you can use a anything you want as a ball. Yeah, I mean, you're driving through Brooklyn, there's a hoop on every corner. Like, there's no surprise that a lot of great players come out of inner cities where there's just hoops everywhere. Michael Park, yeah. Yeah. Now, kind of moving on to the next subject, and one of the things we want to talk about, the Red Sox, they made a lot of moves recently. They're kind of... free agent signing in a decade? Yeah, I mean, they, they've been... They've been probably one of the most up and down uh, teams with the best record in baseball that I can remember. Yeah. Where they they currently have the best record in baseball, but I don't know. I don't feel super confident about them. I know we have JD JD Martinez, who we talked about recently. He's probably the Red Sox' best free agent signing since Manny Manny Ramirez. Definitely hitting the absolute cover off the ball. Mm-hmm. Get Mookie Betts back off the DL. He's playing fucking great. Um, but there's there's holes in the rotation. I mean, David Price pitched well the other day. But that guy could be playing Fortnite this weekend. He'd be fucked next week. So I don't really know what to expect with this team. That happens. Yeah, and also um, our bench gives me kind of the scares a lot. Um, I was watching TV at the gym the other day. I was on the treadmill, and it said happy 30th birthday to Brock Holt. And does he just, like, hide out in the clubhouse during spring training and pop out during roster and say, fuck, we forgot to cut Brock again? <laughs> he has the most extended run of a major league baseball player of all time. Like, how is he still, like, I don't know. Like, it's. I like Brock Holt. Brock Holt, his usefulness... I like the idea of Brock Holt much more than I like Brock Holt. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it, because the usefulness of Brock Holt is in the fact that he can play pretty much every position where you think 
most professional athletes would be able to do that, but it's it, it's not. He can play defensively, second, shortstop, third. He can play outfield if you had to. He could play first. You know, he's gonna. He has, he has a number of games, correct? What's that? He has played first number of games. He probably has. I don't know the exact numbers. But he's a super utility guy, which is very valuable because more and more we get to uh, these very hyper-specific skill sets. Mm -hmm. Like, Hanley Ramirez got cut. Hanley Ramirez could play first, and that was about it. He could could play the outfield, but that was not an actual realistic option. I could play outfield better than Hanley Ramirez. He probably probably was really good at making a run to the snack bar. I mean... (laughs) He likes to sit down and he eats protein shakes. Protein shakes and DHing. That's pretty much the extent of Hanley Ramirez. So, Brock Holt, I I, I soured on him a little bit when he uh, pushed out pretty big with the uh, Tyler Austin fight with the Yankees. They were interviewing him after the game and they said, Oh, what happened over there? He goes, Oh, he he slid into me, which was a dirty slide, but he slid into me and I said something I I probably shouldn't have said. I'm just sitting there, I'm going, You puss. Like, just come on, own that shit. You started a fucking Benjamin's clearing brawl. That guy was being a dickhead. He's the Yankees. Let's go. Fucking embrace it. Especially because it's the Yankees. If it was the Padres, fine, but yeah. Which is why Joe Kelly's now one of the most popular guys in town. He's been up and down for years. He's never really hit his potential. He's a flamethrower. He's got all the potential in the world, but he's never really been able to kind of land where he should. He was a starter for a little bit. He's in the bullpen now. But he fucking smokes a guy in the Yankees, starts a benches clearing brawl, challenges a guy to a fight, throws some haymakers. All of a sudden, everyone's like, I fucking love Joe Kelly. I'm going to get a Joe Kelly jersey. Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, the legend of Veritech was based on him, man and Lee Arod. Veritech yeah. was great. Veritech was one of the best hitting catchers in the league at the point. But, but, but that that put him on the Hall of Fame status. That's the picture. I heard people ask him to sign it. He won't sign that picture anymore. He doesn't want to doesn't want to perpetuate it. Yeah, sully his name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. What else is in the news? So our boy Kyrie Irving. I know he's got a lot going on. He 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 missed the playoffs with injury. He missed Game Seven because he had to get his uh, his nose job. But he's also promoting his uh, soon to be blockbuster, probably Oscar winning movie. Uh, Uncle Drew. So there's a lot going on with Kyrie. He also he's it's, this is last year with the Celtics, and then he's probably going to opt out because he's got a yep. player option. Yep. Now I don't blame him for not resigning. Like you'd be dumb to resign now. Injury, knee injury, and all, you'd be dumb to sign now because you're going to give eighty million dollars at the yep. least. So I don't know, what do you think about that whole situation? Yeah, it's sad. We made all those moves with Kyrie, and we started thinking about our future with uh, you know uh, the two kids and Marcus and uh, Kyrie and Al Horford or whoever else we had up front. And now we really do have to start thinking about life after Kyrie, where we clearly saw how good we were with him. Now, we're going to get Hayward back. We see that we actually do have something, hater or love it, in Terry Rozier. He's not Kyrie, but you take some of that offensive burden off of him with Gordon Hayward. Um, I honestly have to say, as good as Kyrie is, he becomes a bit expendable. You're not a trade Kyrie guy, are you? I'm not a true trade Kyrie guy, but for the right package, sure. I, I'm not a I'm not a Kyrie's off the table guy. So I'm more the two kids are off the table. Do not come at me for Tatum. Do not come at me for Brown. I will kill your whole family. <laughs> now Jason Tatum off the table for me. I think he's a future superstar. I think he's going to be first team All NBA one year. Jalen Brown, I love. I wouldn't say he's untouchable. But people say, oh, so what's the know? difference for you? For what do you mean, Jalen and Tatum? I think Jason Tatum just his game, his length. His athleticism, his shooting. He was leading the NBA in three-point shooting for a long stretch of the season. He Correct. he nearly set the record for, for hot rookies. Take, hot take. Jalen reminds me more of Paul Pierce because he lets his nuts hang. Yeah. He is a confident, confident guy. I think that's really the only difference between Jalen season uh, one and season two was he got confident. He, got, he gained confidence. He became a pro player. And he said, I'm Jalen fucking Brown. 
on the juice. Yeah, Jalen Brown definitely had a huge jump from his rookie year to his second year. Coming into his second year, we kind of looked at Jalen Brown saying, he's going to be a defensive stud. He'll be yep. a guy off the bench. He'll be very he'll sure. be he'll be a good role player. But then Game obviously seven and five obviously with the injuries, he got a lot more playing time, yep. which I think could be a blessing in disguise when Hayward went down because you got a lot more playing time for Tatum and Brown. Yep. But Brown developed into a offensive shooter. He's a guy who can make his own shot. He's a, he's a great player. He can also defend. So he was really more of an all around player than he was in the first year that you necessarily didn't see in, in his in his rookie season. So he looks like a great player. But he was prone to kind of cold stretches. Whereas yep. I think Jason Tatum, again, he hit the rookie wall a little bit, so he kind of slowed down in the you know th- three quarters of the way through the season. Real bad. Yeah. But. Beginning of the season, towards the end of the season, into the playoffs, he looks like an absolute stud. He's guarding LeBron James. He's got the length. He's tall. Put on a little bit of muscle. I think he's going to be a fucking phenomenal yeah. player. I just see him, his position, his his shooting ability, his three-point shot, uh, his defensive ability. I think he's going to be first-team All-Pro in the future one of these days. He's the only untouchable I have. But getting back to the way the team's set up now, Kyrie Irving, we, we missed him. Obviously, Gordon Hayward, we missed him. This the only thing I don't like people saying, look how far this team went without them. That's probably another thing that makes me team trade Kyrie. He's going to keep getting hurt. He clearly is just one of those guys. Maybe. He's going to miss 30 games a season no matter what. I think the thing with that is that's, a, that's something you have and to I'm not, And I'm not mad about Kyrie for that. It just, no, some that people sucks. just get hurt. But that's something I think if you want to win a championship, you have to gamble on. Because look how, far, look how, look how far this team got without him. That's great. That's as, that's as far as I got without Scary him. Terry. Now you add fucking Gordon Hayward, a max player, add Kyrie Irving, a future max player. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to get worse? Like, why would you trade them now? Is Kyrie not with us on a max? No, I mean, so next year is his Cleveland final year. Did get him for max? He was still on his rookie deal. Oh, I forget how young he is. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, 20, he's 25 now. Yeah, okay, really? Okay. So, because he played at Duke for a year. He only played, like I think, 11 games at Duke. We have too many Dukies, so we need to trade <laughs> him or Kyrie because I can't have this many Dukies because they're losers. You're bringing Mike Krzyzewski be assistant coach? Yeah, we can, we can draft. But no, bring back Kyrie next year. Fuck you, Grayson. He's going to be fully healthy, assuming nothing goes wrong. But according to reports, he should be fully healthy. It's not like he had ACL surgery this year. Until, he was pulling out shit. game 50, he's going to hurt again. Yeah. Now, he's a guy you might have to manage his minutes, but he is a top 10 scorer in the league, hands down. And he's a pure point guard. And that was one of the, the issues they ran into, though, in the playoffs this year. They didn't really have a guy, despite how well Tate was playing and Brown and t- even Terry Rozier. They didn't have a guy at the end of the game you could go, here's the ball, figure it out, score two buckets. Like, there was no one that could do that. Kyrie, he's got the best handle in the NBA. He can make his shot at any point in the game. I don't disagree with you. I think they did have... A few of those guys, but they all were kind of looking at each other, going, "So who's going to do this?" Kyrie's the alpha. I think I, Kyrie's consistent. I think, I think that guy end of the year was Jalen, but no one truly said Jalen. Here are the keys. Um, obviously, don't put that on Brad Stevens because he was clearly the coach of the year. Yeah, right? I mean, Jalen's twenty twenty one, so it's I don't put that on anyone else. Uh, you know, you would have hoped that someone like Marcus, someone like uh, Mook. Um, who just shoots a lot? Um, <laughs> Al Horford would step up and say, "Jalen, this is you now. Like we have three seconds, bury this." But um, I do think we had that guy. Uh, I just don't think it worked out. And I'm not even talking about necessarily just an attitude perspective. Like obviously, Kyrie is the alpha of that team. He's the guy. Give me the ball. I'm going to score it. With that being that that aside, I think Kyrie is one of the few guys in the league who can take the ball, drive, get a shot, or get to the foul line. I don't think Jalen Brown can do that, at least not yet. Kyrie's got the best hand on the league. He also had an odd—him and Tatum did not get a lot of foul calls. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because they're so slight, so the contact doesn't look as obvious, but sometimes they would get hammered going to the hole and no call. Yeah, and that was just kind of a lot of, a lot of times there's just complaints with the way the officiating was being done in, in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, that, that could be a whole other podcast. Sure. Like LeBron will get 15 foul calls a game and then still complain he didn't get enough. So I like how uh, as much as the, uh, the analysts – uh, stroke off LeBron. There was one game where he got knocked down very cleanly, and he complained on his way back up court. And the other team, I think it was the Warriors. It might have been the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think it was the Warriors scored. And the analysts were like, "LeBron, why didn't you get back? Why? Why are you like you're you're still? Oh yeah, he was literally crying on the your court, eyes yeah. out. And meanwhile, he didn't get back, and the other team scored because they were playing five on four. Love LeBron. Res- oh, no. Hate no. LeBron. Wait, 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 wait. Me, Don't me, respect LeBron. Let me, let me back that up for a Hope second. LeBron gets hit by a truck. Fuck LeBron. <laughs> Do not love LeBron. I respect his game. I appreciate his greatness. He is a phenomenal player. He's one of the best players of all time. I disagree but, with everything being said. But watching him play, it's just the Eastern Conference Finals, it was just a microcosm of all the shit he does over the years that we all complain about, rightfully so. I think it was game six. He went down. We were watching it at, uh, you know, Harpen Bar. Yep. It was game six. He comes down kind of funny, and he grabs his knee, and he's on the ground. He's wailing. He's rolling and around. And he just got back up. And he's rolling around, and we're going, oh, fuck. I think LeBron just tore his knee. I think I think he's legitimately seriously hurt. Two seconds later, gets up, sprints down the court, hits a fadeaway three. And then they zoom in on him, and they're like, look how, look how great he is. I'm like, he just milked an injury for fucking 90 seconds, worse than any oh, player in the league. Some sort of car. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So that's why, as great as he is, I, I watch him every time he's on because I appreciate how, how phenomenal a basketball player he is. I just can never love him. I, I just I cannot get on board. Despite the fact he beats us, it's not even that. It's just he fucking is such a puss sometimes. Other than Bieber and the Kardashians, he's the most insufferable human being on earth. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next subject. I know you wanted to touch on it, Joe. You're our resident MMA guy. Mm. I know you want it. There's a lot of things going on in mm. the world of uh, UFC, mixed martial arts. What's the MMA minute today? What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, so coming up, we have Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw 2. Uh, obviously, we watched the first fight here at 300's World Headquarters. Um, if you remember, at the end of round one, Cody starts TJ, wasn't able to finish it. Round two, TJ won via head kick. Um, I think the first fight's going to be, sorry, I think the second fight's going to be very similar. Um, I think they're going to bring the same skill sets, just maybe a little bit each going to be better. Uh, love TJ Dillashaw, huge TJ Dillashaw fan. I still think I'm uh, I'm betting on Cody. I still think he's just that good. Um, I think he got a little too cocky. I think he probably was going out a little bit too much, was feeling himself from winning the belt over Cruz, and uh, TJ caught him. Uh, I think Cody brings the belt back. Um, other than that, we have our recent, most recent greasing controversy. Um, if you all remember, I think about 10 years ago now, BJ Penn accused GSP of greasing. AKA. What is greasing? Yeah, so uh, if you watch before a fight, you'll see the, the sorry, the, the ringside doctors, sorry, the ringside judges doing this to people's faces. What they're doing is they're putting Vaseline on their faces so that even though they're getting hit with a punch, it's kind of slipping off. They're not really getting a full punch to the face. Um, previous to um, Penn versus uh, GSP, they... We're allowed to do that between rounds two. The cornermen were. They were allowed to re- reapply the Vaseline. What happened, uh, Penn versus GSP, and I believe 08, uh, I don't know if you want to pull it up, um, they caught basically GSP's corner applying it to his back as well. So that BJ Penn, when he tried to initiate clinch, a takedown, yeah, he was <laughs> slipping. He was right frowned up. upon. It was rather frowned upon. It came up. 
Now, GSP probably would have destroyed BJ Penn anyway. Uh, BJ was always fighting up a weight class um, at 170, and it was also George St. Pierre during his prime, but it still was frowned upon. So cut to this past weekend, uh, Claudia Gadelia versus Carla Esparza, probably the number one contender fight for the 115-pound women's title. Uh, after the fight, Carla Esparza, who obviously is probably one of the more dominant female wrestlers in MMA, uh, accused Claudia uh, Gadelia of greasing, um, and that's why she lost the fight. Um, I don't see it happening in this day and age. I don't see someone getting away with that, um, and especially after she said it. You'd think by now, since um, during the pay-per-view, they have cameras on everybody. Like, someone someone would have dug up that film of Claudia. It's like old school. It's like old school boxing, putting fucking barbed wire in your boxing gloves. It's kind yeah, of get away it, it would have. I think uh, Carla got beat at her own game. Claudia's very physically strong for that division, and I think uh, Carla was not able to wrestle her uh, the way she thought she was going to be able to, and she looked for an excuse. Um, I love Carla Sparza. I think she's a fantastic fighter. I think, you know, she was the first era uh, women's 150-pound champion. I think she'll be in a title fight again at some point, but she does have a tendency to invent an excuse or whine or bitch about fucking something every single time out. I know I shouldn't say that because I'm not a fighter, but... Literally every five minutes, it sounds like it seems like that girl finds something else to complain about. And I think uh, at this point, she got beat, and she just wasn't happy about it. Um, also, Carla Sparza is uh, uh, a sweaty girl. I think she probably was just fucking sweaty, and you can't take them down. It's hard. I mean, we both have done some jiu-jitsu. Most people get sweaty. It's hard to grab a hold of them. It's hard to pull them down. It's hard to get a good position, um, and it happens. Um so that's really all that's going on in MMA right now. Um, I gotta ask you. Yeah, what's going on with our boy Conor Conor McGregor? I know he's in court for yep. his his little incident, his little uh, so they're fit he had last week. Yeah, you know at the last UFC fight. What yeah. is going on? When is he gonna fight? I want to see this guy in the fucking ring. What what's going As on? As Habib said, we're Conor. Conor fighting bus. We're Conor. <laughs> um, so it turned out the original UFC's plan before Conor got in the fight with a bus was that they were gonna do a tournament. Um, Conor, GSP. Uh, Nick Diaz and Habib, which is really fun for me to imagine because where would you put who on the dais in that press conference? Because Connor can't be near Habib or Nate Diaz. Someone's going to be throwing monster energy drinks uh, at someone else. Like, yeah, just like where the fuck do you put anyone? Someone's going to get thrown something. Yeah, out. so anyway, once Connor did that, that was all canceled. Um, it's probably going to be Connor Habib, which will arguably be one of the biggest pure fights ever. Um, he had a hearing yesterday. Um, and it looks like they're going to figure out a plea deal, uh, and I think his next court date is the end of July. Uh, yeah, and it I mean, looks like he's going to be fine. He's, he's gonna, a rich guy. He just made $100 million for his last fight. Yep. Here, pay this he, fine, he do this other shit, let's probably, get back to work. Uh, according to Connor, he was supposed to fight at UFC 224 before the whole bus thing. Um, and if he had fought in that fight and done that press, he was, I think, fourth on Forbes' list of most richest athletes for this past year. He said he would have been number <clears> one. Um, which, other, I mean, he wouldn't have passed Mayweather, so I don't know what he's talking about, but he would have been close to it. Um, I believe he'll probably either fight or be booked for a fight by the end of this year. I think it'll be Khabib, um, and I think he's going to get fucking destroyed. So that's another thing. So Dana White, who is known to lie on the record all the time. He, all the time. All the time. He, which, he by the said, way, at this point, you have to just think it's, oh, it's just, part of his strategy. Just assume it. Yeah. Because he had said... Only a couple months ago that he expected Conor McGregor to fight twice this year, and we're already almost in July, and he hasn't fought, even scheduled to fight once. Well, so. Dana, can't, Dana can't predict the court system. Right, but 
I, it, we'll be lucky if, if Connor fights once. Right. So McGregor, obviously, he is a power puncher. He's not a guy that goes on the ground and does very well. Nope. He's not a jiu-jitsu guy, despite what he talks about. Nope. How do you see this fight going? Because Habib is a fucking animal. Do you think he's going to take him down and just ground and pound him, or do you think Connor's going to catch him? I just don't see how Connor would beat Habib. What, what, what uh, weight class saw, would this be at, by the way? This, That's a good this question. Would be for the so, if you remember when Connor left, he was a 155 pound champion, he and then he stripped. fought at what 170 with uh, Diaz, and that was twice. Um, Connor was supposed to fight uh, RDA. It was. Um, it was. Because what does Habib usually fight at? It was. Can I? Can I talk? It was uh, St. Patrick's Day, 2015. He was supposed to fight RBA, RDA. Sorry. For his belt, RDA pulled out. They needed a last-second challenger. The whole world wanted Nate Diaz to fight. Nate Diaz stepped in and shocked the world by beating Conor McGregor. Um, then they fought again at 170, only because Conor said, this is how you beat me. This is what I want the rematch to be at. We watched it again, 300 World's headquarters. Um, Nate won again. But it was given to Conor. He did not. That's um, fake news. It was, that was hashtag fake news. It was a great fight. I, 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 I couldn't argue with the decision either way. It was a great fight. It was Fantastic a great fight. fight. Um, Connor was, at the time, the 155-pound champion. He beat, he beat the bag out of Eddie Alvarez. Um, and that's when he left to go fight Mayweather. So this would be at 155 pounds there we go. for what is now Habib Nurmagomedov's undisputed 155-pound belt. They stripped Connor. Um, Tony Ferguson fought for the belt. Um, he was pulled from a fight. No, sorry. Tony Ferguson fought for the interim belt, but when they, he was pulled from the fight and Habib fought Ally Quinta, they said this is for the actual belt. No more ifs, no more buts, no more whys. Ayala Quinta actually did not make weight by 0.2 pounds. And for the first time, and even I can even remember, uh, Dana White told the New York Commission, fuck you if Ally Quinta wins. He is UFC champion. He went against the commission for the first time I can remember. So, Habib versus Conor would be for the 155-pound title. It would be in Las Vegas. Dana White said, um, other than Cormier, Jones, other than Conor versus Aldo for the hundred for the 145-pound belt, where Conor's over in five seconds. Connor I drove, left I drove all the way to Providence for that fight. And I was in Vegas all day. You yep. went until 1.30 yep. in the morning, and then the fight was over in 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh, I We have a tendency to do that. Same thing with Ronda and Besco I saw Hale. drive all the way back to Boston Ronda now. and Besco Hale, same thing. Yeah. We stayed at the bar until, what, 3 a.m.? Which is why I never refuse to go out for a title fight in, in UFC. <laughs> it's like, if I'm going to watch it, one, the fact of these fights are like, you know, the whole card's like five fucking hours. I'd rather just watch it at my house. Because yeah. if you're going to go somewhere all the way and it's sure. like and if it's not if it's not a Diaz McGregor five round brawl and it's a it's a, it's a fight that's over in 30 seconds like you spent all that time and you drank all those beers at the bar spent all that money and the fight's over like that like I don't know man that's hard for me to justify going out for those yeah I think uh, other than Dan, uh, Cormier Jones other than um, yeah like I was saying McGregor Aldo I think this would be the biggest UFC fight ever period um one last thing, though. I know you wanted to bring up Connor. Um, supposedly, the UFC is making a pitch to Brock Lesnar to make an appearance at UFC 226. All what does that mean? All it's being called right now is an appearance. This is the WWE. Uh, I know John Jones and him want to fight. That I would pay to watch that. I shit. know that's all they care about. I, after his win over Cormier, John Jones called out Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, this is names, man. He know he's doing the Connor. He's he's doing the Connor playbook. Get the biggest names, even if that's not technically the biggest fight, the best fight is because 
Brock's been out for God knows how long, and Two years. And, and John Jones yeah. has all sorts of fucking problems. Who knows where he technically Brock. where he technically ranks? But to uh, put those two together, those are two fucking names that I will pay to watch that, and he knows it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up, are there any closing thoughts that you want to jump into? Anything that you want to touch on before we uh, end this episode of the Three Hundreds Podcast? Yeah, let's uh, let's do the daily uh, snake it to you, make it champion. <laughs> I want to shout out Miss Holmes from the Theranos Company. Um, she started that company that was a billion dollar company for, I believe, some sort of diabetes solution or something like that. Um, turned out they just had nothing; it was just all fake. And it turned out uh, Jennifer Lawrence is about to play her in a movie and about how like amazing she was. And it turned out it was all just a lie, bed of lies, um, <laughs> house of cards. And she actually was just indicted yesterday for just, again, lying through her now, teeth. How do you get that far down the line where you're selling your company that makes medicine and no one's actually thought to check the medicine sure. to see if it actually fucking works? Sure. Well, you can get all this investment and you can you know have a... That's what you, tech companies you do. Can be <laughs> tra- that's what she was doing. She was basically doing... You can do that in the medical device field, too. She had labs. She knew what she was... She knew enough to set up a lab that made it look like something. Um, but that's what we ne- said earlier. And Confidence ne- that gets you as far exactly. as you could possibly and go in this world. Turned out they had nothing. So shout out to her though. You're gonna do uh, ten years in Club Fed. Um, you had a good run though. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a, a, a much more boring version of the Wolf of Wall Street named after you one day. Um, I won't see it, but um, I bet it's gonna be good. Um, and congratulations. She's like the Snapchat of the medical world. They got all this funding. They built up this big old company. They sold it, and it's actually not really working all that well. No, yeah, I, I haven't used Snapchat in a while, but I'm also almost thirty, so. Yeah, that'd be like if you had diabetes and you want to use her medicine, you'd be fucked. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, diabetes. Yet. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 300s Podcast. Thank you, Joey B, for joining us today. Thank you. If you guys even moderately enjoyed what you listened to, subscribe, leave a comment, let us know, and uh, give us a good review. We'll see you next time.